Welcome to Fly Cool Shit, the show where Jeff Petro and Mark Pollard talk about aerobatics, unique airplanes, aviation news, and so much more. Hey, pilot, you're cleared to enter the box. Smoke on. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Fly Cool Shit powered by Lift Aviation. I'm Mark. I'm Jeff. What's uh, up, dude? Traveling, dude. I just got back, went down to uh, St. Aug for a couple days, hung out with my good buddy uh, Peter Nassar, which was fun. Nice. Had a, okay. It was the first time I went to St. Augustine where I went to somebody's like house, like a friend's house. It was nice. I'm taking, you know, a step up in the right direction of getting my ass down there and, and out of the cold. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, um, but it was a lot of fun. It was cold, actually. Um, it was like sixty-eight one day, uh, fifty the other day. We unfortunately, uh, the cold followed me. My bad luck. <laughs> the got the bad luck. You got the bad <laughs> yeah. luckies, dude. But um, but yeah, it was fun. They do like a big Christmas light show down there and stuff. And um, you know, um, I got you know. Speaking of bad luck, little side note. So it's Nikki's birthday coming up. And Happy like, birthday, Nikki. Yeah, on Saturday. And, uh, you know, falls with Christmas. So we were down there and I've been with her for, gosh, since 2003. So long time. Too, and, long. Too long to stay yeah, with somebody, in my opinion. I agree. Time, so, time to find somebody new. Yeah. So we got a, uh, went to divorce court and <laughs> I paid for it for her birth. That was her birthday present. <laughs> um, no, we went to like some, some store and they had like really nice items there. So, but we walked in, it's like a consignment store, but it's in like a really like great area. It's like a little bit north of uh, St. Og. And um, yeah. whatchamacallit. So they had a tag sale. So I'm like, oh, sweet. I'll save some money. So we're going around and like, you know, they had like really nice stuff there. They had like Chanel pocketbooks and Versace this. So I'm trying to like calculate everything in my head, like the discounts. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, keep going, keep going. So we get to <laughs> register. And every single item she picked wasn't a part of the tail, the tag sales. <laughs> I was like, gotta be kidding me. I like how she rolls. <laughs> and she saw my face. She's like, uh, I'm like, oh, it's okay. I'm fine. Just don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was funny, but it was a good trip. And then, yeah, I got back here and, um, that heater shut off in a second. Sorry. No and, um, did a little bit of flying yesterday. Did a little bit of training with my buddy at uh, 330. Is it 330 LT or 300 LT? Uh, 330 LT. Yeah. Yeah, 330. Yeah, so we're yeah. getting like, um, you know, we got through all the emergency the emergency stuff. I spent a lot of time on doing all types of like engine out stuff over the field, away from the field, and then spin training, all UPRT BS. Uh, well, not really BS, but you know, just the stuff yeah. you should be doing. And now yeah. we're starting to work through the sportsman catalog. And um, what I did was, I thought it was pretty. I kind of came up with it. So we listed, um, you know, every maneuver because you know to to make it for this particular case, I think to make it more military, where it's like, okay, we're gonna do slow rolls until we get those down pat. Then we're gonna break them apart, and you know, just. And then we're going to work on this one figure until we, and it's like, I think he kind of burn out a student and it gets, it's not fun, you know, and he's not looking to become world champion. Um, so 
I took anybody wants to fly competition. So I took the sportsman sequence. Uh, every type of maneuver. Your oh, mic just changed. Yeah. Yeah. So we listed every type of maneuver. And then uh, we're just kind of from difficulty level, but easy to hard. And we're just going to start nipping away at it. And yesterday we started doing, you know, slow roll stuff and the looping stuff. And, um, you know, we a little bit of a structure uh, and a plan instead of just coming to the airport and be like, what do we work on next? So now we kind of have a log of what we've been working on, what's giving us difficulty and, you know, nipping away at it. So it's been good. It's been really good. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. How, how have you been liking the LT? I think it's a great, um, for somebody that doesn't have any tailwheel and um, didn't come into a, like a decathlon first, it's a, it's a mellow down 300 L uh, as far as performance, which is good. You know, it's not, okay. it's not very high yeah. performance, which is great. So um, it's, it's great. I mean, the yellow runs are a lot smaller, so you don't get, you know, get, a, you don't really get to get away with too much cheating. The wing, I think the deck angle on the wing, the 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 angle which the wing is mounted is a little bit positive, you know, a couple of degrees. So the verticals, um, I think we had to adjust the sighting device a little bit on the LT. If anybody has okay. an LT that knows anything about that, it just seems like it's off. Um, because are you having to push a little bit in verticals? Yeah, well, the trim set up pretty good, but um, I'm laying the the wing on the vertical, what I think is 90 degrees, and yeah. Um, hammering it just seems like we're negative a little bit a bunch of times so i think i hmm. have to visually be positive because i can't see the i can't really use the gauge from the front seat no the sighting extras are i mean most airplanes are but like extras are just impossible to gauge the sighting device like from the front seat yeah so um what i'm going to do is uh either i'll fly from the back or we'll go out to the practice area and i'll have a, a buddy of mine who's got a good eye on the ground and just this let him call out what's perfectly vertical so i can get that you know at least from the front seat what it looks like and um yeah, yeah and then go from there but anyway it's been fun you know i'm kind of dabbling into training a little bit of aerobatics i'm not doing advanced stuff which is good um you know just very basic stuff and basic foundation work and yeah having fun with it and seeing what works and what doesn't but you know obviously being safe and you know we'll talk about that later but yeah um yeah everything i do with this i don't see the, it's such a powerful airplane too so to get up to altitude is not a big deal so, you know, we're, we're working at 6,000, 7,000 feet, um, on average. And, you know, our, our deck is really around like 4,000, 3,500 feet. Yeah. Um, I just don't see the reason to go any lower if you can do it at that height. So, um, couldn't agree more. Why not? Right. Yeah. I, I know that's been, you know, obviously we've, uh, we, we've been talking about it in group chats and I think everybody kind of has in their own little incubes, right. Of, uh, you know, in the wake of uh, Stan and, and Scott's crash, um, but just of like, um, you know, how high do you take stuff? How high do you practice stuff? How high do you work? And um, it's it's interesting because, you know, uh, and I'm, I'm going to be so curious to get your take on this. Uh, so the preliminary report came out. I think most most people saw it. And I think it's probably. Um, well, I don't know, like um, now that the prelim is out, we knew that uh, we read the prelim and it was basically verbatim what we heard. Um, hours after the crash, right? So we we knew yeah. exactly what had happened. Um, didn't want to speculate on anything. Didn't want to, um, you know, it just wasn't 
wasn't a place to get into specifics yet, right? But now that the prelim is out and and there's information in there and eyewitness accounts um, are in there, um, what? How did you feel about like what was your initial thoughts about you know kind of what went down and and what stood out to you? Well, I think the uh, the first thing was is if you're getting if, if the pilot is you know new to the airplane and at a certain level, you know, um, uh, you know, I don't know why doing snaps in the beginning if you're if you're not even checked out in the airplane um, is happening, but you know, just the height in which they're initiating maneuvers, I, I don't I don't know if it was like an impromptu thing. You know, we don't even know who was flying the figure. Yeah, uh, number one, yep. but. Um, it seemed it seemed impromptu because I don't know why that would be in the you know the training, you know if somebody came with the training guide of the checkout. I don't I don't know why avalanches would be there, yeah. um, but you know we saw this in in South Africa where an SBOC or Extreme Air whatever you want to call it uh, it was a single uh, seat one but yeah um, did a did a snap and got the person got super deep in it and it it, it kind of. Um, I don't want to say tumbled, but it definitely uh, it kind of kind of does a, a yeah like a gyro. Um, I don't know assisted kind of. Would you call um, it like departure? a departure? Yeah, departure yeah. from control, right? Slight yeah, departure, absolutely. but um, you know, and I think that's that's what happened with, with this airplane, and I have no experience. Experience. Um, um, oh, I'm your mic! Your mic went poopy yeah, again. <laughs> I'm just playing with the, uh, the rhythm, but um, let's see here. Just give me one second, guys. One second. Um, we get we got to get it. We got to get uh, we got to do a GoFundMe to get Jeff a new microphone. But um, you know, I flew to Gainbird, and it was a great airplane. But the elevator is just so tremendous on it. So I can see how it can be really easy to get deep in something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like um, all of uh, Philip's designs, not to say that this is a flaw or or an issue uh, with the airplanes he builds, but that um, he likes pitchy freestyle uh, airplanes like that. Is, he, he builds airplanes to his flying style, it seems like. And. It's just it's just one of those things that you um I guess if you're flying an airplane you know you, you got to be aware of um obviously you have you have to be aware of what you can and can't do in the airplane but also kind of what I don't know maybe maybe bad habits is the wrong word but um it's tendencies right you, you have to be aware of its tendencies and uh, we talked to Aaron McCartan at length about this and um he's explored um this portion of the of the flight envelope with the uh the XA41 uh, and 42 yeah. I think um, but definitely the 42, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Um, cause the 42 is the single seat. I, I, I get this wrong yeah. sometimes. The 42 is the single seat. The 41 is the, the two seat, um, uh, his XA 42, um, he he's explored this and, um, you know, just, it just kind of has a tendency. Um, if you over pitch, it sounds like if you over pitch any kind of rotational, like a snapper or, or even a tumble that it could, they, it could really deepen. Um, and if you keep power and it's, it's get very difficult to recover and, um, yeah, yeah, and I agree yeah, with you. Tough. I don't know where that would sit um, in training. Um, I would never. I would if I was given. You know, I've given quite a few extra checkouts to people, and and um, usually it's an insurance thing, and that's that's what this was. Um, Scott was to um, 
you know, basically he was there to give an, an insurance checkout, you know, right. Your 10 hours making model landing and takeoffs, that kind of stuff. And, and maybe some safety related things, but um, I, I know he didn't have much time in, in, in the XA series. He had a little bit of game bird time. Um, but you know, when I do a checkout for somebody um, aerobatics is really, in my opinion, uh, kind of a separate, it's a separate component to an aircraft checkout, right? Yeah. You know, flying the airplane normally, uh, obviously, uh, takeoffs and landings, crosswinds, uh, three points and wheels and, um, uh, you know, emergency outs at the airport, right? Power off uh, 180s or power off approaches to, to landing. And um, then you kind of start working in um, maybe spin and upset and stall series stuff where um, you're, you're kind of, then you start pushing envelope, right? Cross-controlled things. You kind of start seeing how the airplane behaves when you, when you get really outside the box with it. And then, you know, usually somebody may want like loops and rolls, uh, or, or uh, you know, something like that. You kind of do that in a, in a recreational way. And then, then once that's done, you can kind of take the airplane and you can go get coaching and, and instruction yeah. and, and, and do specific aerobatic stuff. Right. Um, and that's, I think that's kind of what, what was happening here was, was Scott was, you know, kind of just taking them through the insurance um, checkout yeah. portion basically. And, and yeah, I'm not sure where an avalanche w- would fit. I've definitely done avalanches for people um, uh, in their airplanes uh, as a demonstration, but uh, just more of like, Hey, check, check this out. This is kind of fun. Um, certainly not um, from an instructional standpoint and certainly not um, that low. I'm not sure, you know uh, it's, and this is not, this discussion is not to uh, kick, kick, the dead, right? Um, it's very easy in hindsight to uh, to talk about this, but this is how we learn, right? We learn from other people's either mistakes or, or we can see where um, somebody did something that maybe we wouldn't do or that there's a kind of a, um, not a red flag, but maybe something blaring like, hey, this is a, a blatant no-no. Um, this is what led to X, Y, and Z, right? Um, yeah. Starting that maneuver at 1,200 feet, um, they, I wonder if they, they didn't even know they were that low, but I just don't know why you would do that that low. Yeah. Um, and in in kind of in that portion of of instruction, but it it definitely has made me think a lot because we 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 see there was a a, a Satabri accident that I think the final report just came out like within a day or two of this preliminary report. And it was the one where a guy was doing aerobatics over his house, I think, or or a neighborhood and and spun it in real low. Um right, all right, yeah, so, I remember that one. Yeah, you know these things kind of happen. You know where where, um, you know you get too low and and you just don't have the options. And um, I've been I've been this is kind of a sidebar, but uh, the Collins Foundation kind of announced that uh, it's grounding its uh, Wings of Freedom airplane. So uh, yeah, thinking just back to that. yeah, that's that's so that's been on my mind quite a bit. Um, basically, you know, uh, in the wake of the crash of our B seventeen nine oh nine. Um, which was tragic. Um, and I, and I understand the, the, the decision to ground the airplanes. Um, but just kind of thinking back to that type of flying and, and, uh, had the pleasure of uh, Mark Henley, um, who flies for Aeroshell. Uh, he's a phenomenal pilot, extremely experienced, typed in everything. Um, yep. he was a, uh, um, I think still is, um, somebody that can do types in the B-25 and, and others, other airplanes for that matter. Um, but he, he flew for callings. And one of his great sayings was, you have to be at least three fuck ups high. You know, um, he always wanted to be at least three fuck ups high, whatever he was doing. If he was doing something, he was learning something, um, trying something. You got to be three fuck ups high. 
Um, and I, you know, I, I learned it a little bit more eloquently when I was kind of learning aerobatics and learning upset recovery. And it was just, you know, you need altitude, airspeed and options, right? Um, yeah, you, you can't, you can't run out of those. Um, uh, you can run out of one of them, uh, but you need two, uh, to make it work. And you just kind of start thinking about that and you think about buffers and my, my foundation, um, is different from your foundation and is different from a lot of people's foundations. And it's interesting to see how, you know, that I guess maybe your, um, your approach to things, right? So, you know, I taught in an aerobatic flight school and the spin recovery and upset recovery, uh, emphasis was really high and it was an instructional in nature. So, um, obviously we took things, you know, there was no reason to be low doing any of that stuff ever. Whereas in the IAC, um, especially, uh, you flying unlimited, you're taking, you're, you know, you're bringing things really low and, I don't know that it's talked a whole lot um, in the industry, except for maybe when you start getting into the upper echelons of uh, competitive aerobatics, where you know the, the the need to kind of start bringing it down, bringing it lower and lower, and how proficient you need to be, and 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 how proficient you need to be in the failure modes of these maneuvers. Right? Where is it going to go yeah. if I if I botch this? What's it going to do? And how proficient are you in all of those maneuvers? And well, it's and funny you, really you mentioned that because I was just uh, one of the things I just started introducing to this this guy I'm check, uh, flying with is, you know, um, you know, cause I had to get him to start feeling the airplane and looking outside the airplane and, and yada, yada, yada. But now it's like, okay, when can we look at the, the, uh, the altimeter to check our gates? At what point during the figure are we checking our gates to make sure that we have enough, you know, to get yeah. him into that, that um, natural slash uh, programmed <laughs> two opposite words there like get him into something he does without having to think like okay i'm at the top of a humpty what's my altitude okay yeah and yeah. i know i'm gonna lose 500 feet do i have enough yeah. to roll out same thing does with like this a make split. sense yeah yeah obviously the split s is, is imperative that at that point like what are what are my gates what am i gonna lose so we started talking about that because a lot of people that you know they they focus on okay like we need you know say uh, we're going to start it at 2000 feet, this Humpty. It's like, okay, well, what am I gaining and losing? Like, what's the top of my Humpty? What's my max altitude from this figure at say 160, 180? Like, what are, what are my, um, you know, how much am I, am I climbing for this figure? Like you, you should know that, or you yeah. should know also when to look at, when you can look at your altimeter to make a decision. Okay. I need to, um, I need to quit this figure or, or basically get wings level up right as fast as possible. Cause like, if I keep going, it's no bueno, you know? Yeah. yeah. So like, I think that that's something that I would want it. Like, I kind of look at like the way I'm flying with this guy, like, what would I teach my son? Like at what, what, at what steps, you know, do what would I want my son doing things before moving on to the next figure to keep it, you know, safe and also fun at the same time. Absolutely. You know, and yeah. cause it should be fun. It can't, you know, safety doesn't mean, and and taking things seriously doesn't mean it still can't be fun. Like you can create a structured no. environment and and be very safe and and lower your risk, but still yeah. be, you know, having a great time. Um it should be fun. But, Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that there's a lot, there's been a lot of things that I've been like, oh wow, this would work really well. Um, you know, this is gonna work. Like one of the things he was struggling with was um we were doing slow rolls and you know, just the extra is hard to feel with the pedal and, and this and that and, and things, um, you know, are just, it's hard to feel in that airplane if you don't have any kind of prior experience and say like a decathlon or a cub or something yeah. like that. You don't, you don't so, feel the same things in an extra that you do in a pits or a decathlon. Absolutely. Yeah. It's hard. So, yeah. you know, we were struggling and, and 
he's you know he's doing really well for for the amount of time that he's had um but his feet are just um really behind his hands and his head right now so i'm like oh let's try something let's just do just try to keep up with the airplane let's just do full deflection rolls just try to keep up i'm like it's gonna it's gonna feel it's gonna be shitty you're not gonna do a good job but like just do that so we did like three or four of them and it was shitty i'm like all right let's go back to doing a super slow roll and like magic it was like everything clicked because he started slowing down his thoughts in his head you know he was so his head was just you know like anybody else they're double timing it and everything's happening fast but now for him it's like a medicine ball type technique right like so you know he's not worried about going fast you know everything was happening so much faster before and now it's it's happening slow for him and he was able to keep up with it so like that works i think it's what makes a good instructor is or a coach or a trainer is you have to recognize like what works for each and like because i know for me i like a very regimented coach trainer like i i you tell me to do something like i will do it i don't care if it's 20 times i don't care if it's something unrelated to aerobatics or whatever like i will do it i'm in and then some people like a more uh pragmatic approach where you know they they want to understand the specifics of it like oh well why do you think that technique would work with me whereas like i'm like once i'm in i'm in like you tell i'm i will commit you know but some people just need an explanation or or whatever have you it's amazing Um, how much as an instructor uh over the years and i've you know i've instructed in ga i've instructed um in uh professional aviation part 135 on on jets on turboprops and then for the airline and it's amazing how much you have to be a therapist or at least um how much you need to listen and and yeah and pick up on on kind of uh, either mannerisms or or cues that a student's giving and and adjust because sometimes yeah. the, the the cues are subtle and you gotta you gotta be able to pick up on it um, and you know, and now, I think that would be way. a great yeah. seminar, whether it's a uh, virtual or um, in person at Oshkosh, where like you get like a Mikey G or or a Rob or somebody with with a lot of experience and have them, you know, just give their advice on like what worked for them. And, yeah. you know, what you should do with students, like what should be the first five flights with the student and what you should be looking for, you know, and things like. You know, I not I'm not trying to come off like it was a great idea and I could be really wrong on this, but I've never really, you know, besides the the people that know what they're and not that they don't, but like besides obviously the the greats, you know, that with experience like Goulian and and Rob and, and all those guys, um, but regular instructors that, you know, around the country that, you know, no fly air shows or have title sponsorships, I never really hear about them working on things of like all right, like today, our flight today, we're going to work on doing Humpties, but I want you to tell me when and where you're looking at the altimeter and like, what is your, what is your low altitude? What is your bailout type out? You know, things like that. Yeah. Like procedures were like, and that's what we did with, um, um, I started to give him a little intro to, uh, to hammerheads. I'm like, all right, well let's do hammerheads. And, you know, we had like, obviously a big ground brief. It, it was about 45 minutes an hour talking about it and the failure modes and this and that. And I'm like, all right, we're going to fly a good hammered and then we're going to fly them completely wrong each time, but on purpose. I go, I want, we're going to do it. We're going to be really negative up and we're not going to add forward stick and we're going to add full pedal. And then we're going to add too much forward. So we did every type of hammerhead, every botched hammerhead. And I think that what could be happening, you know, with training. And again, I'm, I'm not an expert and I could be way off bases. You could get people that, you know, they get a front seat pilot who's who's proficient and all they're teaching them is a perfect attack. 
day and they're not letting it go south. And that's all the student knows. And the student gets good at it. And then one Correct. time the student will go up and he'll fuck up really bad and he'll put himself in a position that he's never seen before. Yep. You know, and I'm not talking about a regular stable inverted spin entry or inverted spin entry or or whatever have you. Like uh, uh, a botched maneuver from no, say, in, you know, in, in this case, in an inadvertent spin from a botched maneuver is unexpected. So it's so different. It it couldn't be more different than a than a controlled entry into a spin, whether right. upright or inverted. It's so different. And I'm the first one to admit, like in my training, we didn't we didn't practice stupid like bad hammerheads. We practiced. If I was a little, it was like, hey, hey, what are you doing? No, 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 no. You know, it yeah. wasn't anything like that. And um, you know, so I think that there's a lot of value in um, those uh, flying the maneuvers wrong with a proper brief because it gives the for me, uh, not for me, but my my thought process is that. If the student can see how bad it is, then he'll be he or she will be able to recognize it earlier on when they're doing it on their own or with me in the plane where they're like, okay, I'm I'm getting negative. I need to fix this because they've seen it and they've seen how it can progress into, you know, a more poor figure. So they're gonna hopefully have a tendency to fix it earlier on, you know, and that can go for, you know, hammerheads, that can go for, you know, beans, you know, the next thing maybe I'll do with them is like, okay, let's go, let's fly some Cubans and let's get really steep. Yeah, under forty five, and let's watch the airspeed and altitude loss. Let's check our. Let's like. Uh, let's see what our entry and exit altitudes are from that, and this and that. Or like, let's fly like a Cuban, really fast, and make it really tight over the top, and see like how you know with that half roll the spacing that we have to get within that. Let's fly this poorly. You know, let's fly this figure really shitty. You know, yeah. and and let's see because it's almost like maybe it's like a Santa Claus effect. Like you got to see it to believe it. So yeah. um no, and that's like, that's how we learn. I mean, yeah. imagine imagine learning how to do crosswind landings if you've only done a, a calm wind landing, and yeah. it's like, well, you're gonna you're gonna have these the the you know these bumpy approach wind shear on short final uh, crosswindy landings, but you know you saw you saw how to do it with no wind, so you're gonna be fine. And it's kind of like that similar vein where like you would never ever as an instructor let somebody go without having at least seen some crosswinds or like, Hey, yeah, this is a, this is going to be a rough yeah. day. You know, it's not going to be beautiful. Um, now I think there's, there's some merit and this is how I teach, uh, is, you know, see it right for the law of primacy. Right. So when you do a hammerhead, like here, here's how it's done. Right. Here's how you do it correctly. Then let's go screw it up. Yeah, you know, which or, is exactly um, what we did. Yeah. And that's, I think, I think most people probably subscribe to that. Um, yeah. And it, that, there's that a lot of value way. into it. You know the safety value is there, obviously, but the yeah. value in, in terms of of having a proficient pilot who can fly a figure correctly, it it opens his eyes up to to noticing things and fixing them uh, much earlier. You know, yeah. I, and I don't have a track, you know, a huge track record like a lot of instructors, and and you know, I can't um, gauge this because I don't, I haven't done this with a lot of people, but it's working, and you know, it, maybe it doesn't work. And again, to go back to what we we're saying, that's what kind of. I think makes a great trainer, coach, instructor is somebody who can adapt to a specific person's, you know, way of learning, you know, because everybody learns completely different, I yep. think. Yep, um, absolutely. And and that's what, you know, and and that's why, you know, Morrissey in particular, um, and even I would throw Holland into this, uh, this hat as well. You know, I've done, you know, a, a good amount of camps with, with Morrissey and, and a couple of camps with with Holland and I can 
firmly say that they coach or or critique people completely different than the others, which in a good way. Meaning like yeah. they're just they the way that they um divvy out their instructions, whether it's, you know, because obviously like anybody like a Rob or or Morsi can watch a figure and rip it apart. But like, you know, what what's what do they need to fix first? Like what's a priority here, you know, without you know, without putting too much on the student as far as workload or like, when does the student need to peak or, you know, what, what does he need to fix first? That's going to affect everything else. Like, so I was really, again, like, you know, John, you know, Morrissey is this obviously on an, on a high level and, and is incredible, but, and I don't mean this as a, as a negative comment, but I was not like surprised because it's Rob because he's amazing as it is, but you know, the guy's an incredible pilot. So you would, you know, you usually can't be great at both, but he is. <laughs> yeah. Which is and, frustrating uh, for everybody. <laughs> yeah. So like, um, you know, he's just, he's just a great trainer. And, um, and I've been critiqued by people that, you know, they're great, but they're um, the exact same with everybody. And I've seen yeah. where it can, I've seen it not work with certain people. Yeah. You know, certain people do not like that, like, beat it into your head type, you know, like this is what we're doing, blah, 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 you know, go. That's go, very uh, prevalent in some, in some famous coaches too, or well-known ex- uh, coaches yeah. in the industry. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, I think doing like having Mikey G not to volunteer him, sorry, buddy, but um, you know, having somebody with experience instructing aerobatics give, however long of a presentation it doesn't, you know, obviously see, hopefully it can be downloaded to be watched over and over again of, of how to start, like to start the basic aerobatic instruction manual one-on-one, like, okay, what, what should we talk about on the ground? And like, before even getting into the airplane, he and technically wrote the book on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you know, um, I, I just think that those guys are just a wealth of knowledge. And I think that people have, really really good intentions and aerobatics is a is a great you know sport hobby passion and you know i think people want to spread it and and give opportunity to people and i think that sometimes unfortunately you know that passion of of spreading the you know the uh the sport uh sometimes bites us um because there's there's not a lot of people that can offer it and there's a lot of people yeah. that want to want to help out with it and i just think that you know um it's just certain circumstances like we've seen here. Um, it's just really, really unfortunate and and preventable, yeah. I would say, um, under the right guidance and mentorship. Yeah. Yeah. And, and luckily we have, you know, some schools. I'll give um I'll give Jared another shout out at Gambit Aviation. You know, um, he's doing he's doing the good work out there uh with an aerobatic flight school. Um, my buddy Ruben um with Tango Whiskey Aviation in the uh, northeast, you know, uh he he just bought a, a 300 L um has a pits yeah. you know uh, so, and we're 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 seeing some aerobatic schools crop up again which i love um i i sure would love to see one in california again um i i really miss i miss i miss the 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 lobby of an aerobatic flight school and i know everybody that's been into one knows what i'm talking about um yeah. you know you just kind of love the smell of it and um it's one of those things too uh, going back to warbirds is you know it's you get you almost get like a, a master's degree um, just by sniffing the same air as some of these greats when they talk. Like, 
you know, it's like when we were, uh, you know, talking with Goulian and David Martin and you got Rob Holland there, you got, and then you have, oh my God. You know, you have Goody and Bourbon and um, Aaron McCartan and like these, these people that are really, really smart and have been doing this a lot of time. And I'm, I'm not naming several and there's so many more to name, but like when they just are just shooting the shit, it's like you, you get, you're, you just, you get to pick up and absorb and, 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 um yeah. and and learn from that and it's so beneficial and, and that's and, you know, why another school, reason why the french are so good because yeah all the no, new guys just, are around like the great guys all the time absolutely and they're just hearing things that you know little anecdotes of things that are said or stories or techniques it's like oh man i should try that or oh that's cool um yeah. and i i miss that about um kind of having an aerobatic flight school uh to teach at but I was thinking uh, of like a hypothetical idea too, you know, when this was all obviously this, this unfortunate event that happened um, that, you know, everybody, it's hard to find aerobatic schools. Right. Um, so I think people settle sometimes in certain cases. And yeah. I always thought it'd be cool if, you know, say like um, give a shout out to Patty down in Florida and St. Augustine, Patty Wagstaff. Uh, what is it? Avi? Uh, what's her school name? U.S. Well, I don't yeah. know. That's her Patty Waxap air shows, but um, yeah, I, I, I don't actually, I honestly kind of don't know the name of it, we'll uh, now, it out. Um, with the change. I think it's like it's, aerobatic safety, I think. Uh, okay. But anyway, but having somebody, so like this person, this friend of yours in New York, the Northeast, um, you know, I'm not saying telling people this is just an idea. Like for me, I would love to go down. I'd have a meeting with Patty be like, Hey, I have a flight school in the Northeast. Um, I'm not a big time airship performer and I haven't won, you know, I haven't competed at a super high level of nationals, but I feel like I'm competent. Can we, you know, can I try, basically what I'm getting at is like a, a branded type thing. Can I, can you put together if say like Patty had a, a program where like, yeah, obviously she would get a piece of the business cause it would be a Patty Wexf school in the Northeast, but she would have to approve the people that were instructing Right. But it would be a branded school so that you know that you were going to the school that, you know, Patty, who is an extremely incredible pilot, um, checked out, made sure that all the pilots were safe and teaching the right way. And now you have, you know, some type of substance behind the school that you're going to. And it's not just, you know, an ordinary aerobatic school. It's got, you know, a, a structure to it. Kind of follow me. I think that's a great idea. You yeah. Know, I think that's um, a great idea. And then obviously, because I mean, she's, put blood, sweat and tears and money into her brand and, and her, her life and, and becoming this great. And, and there's definitely value there. Um, same thing with like Goulian and Holland, whoever, but like, if you can go to a school that's branded so that like, and I was just talking about paying a fee to get the name, like these, these people would have to make sure that um, the people flying were competent and following their guidelines and blah, blah, blah. Um, not to get too into the weeds with that, but uh, but at least, you know, like for me, like for me, if I didn't have my contacts, if I was and my son or myself, my daughter, whatever, I uh, wanted to get trained in aerobatics. Like, do you go to a school that is maybe just as good, but doesn't have a, a branded name and this and that? Or would you go to say, you know, the, the Hol you know, Holland aerobatics of Northeast or Holland aerobatics of the Southwest? You know, I would, unfortunately, I go with the branded name. Well, um, maybe, maybe even this is something that maybe the IAC can pioneer. Cause like if, so like thinking back to like, uh, do you remember open airplane that, that program? No. So basically open airplane, I think it was called open airplane. Um, but basically it was like, uh, um, 
you know, if you get a checkout right at a school in the Bay Area, California, and it's an open airplane school and you get an open airplane checkout schools all across the country that had, you know, that were like, hey, we're an open airplane school. You could just go there and rent. So I, I'm I'm current. I'm uh, open airplane certified. I can go to Albuquerque, New Mexico and rent a 172. And I, I don't need to do like a checkout. Right. Cause I already, I did. It's, it was a, basically a national checkout system. It's a really great concept in theory. And it, it kind of fizzled, uh, unfortunately. I don't know if it was due to demand or what, but uh, um, I think it was called open airplane. But, you know, maybe something like that with the IEC, where it's like an IEC safety certification or, or you know, like, um, like yeah. a flight safety certification or something like that to where, you know, you can go there, you can get that, that, that accreditation and you at least have, you know, it's kind of a, as much as you can get a guarantee, right. Of maybe a, like a, um, a nationally or internationally recognized, at least level of safety, almost like this, like, you know, getting, getting a smooth in a category or something like that, where it's like, okay, yeah. like we know what that means. Like if, if you got your primary smooth or sports and smooth, et cetera, et cetera, like we kind of know what that means. Yeah. Uh, maybe there needs to be something in, in the, in the lens of safety and, and, you know, upset recovery and spin recovery foundation, you know, so you kind of know where, where somebody's at. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I also think, you know, um, I, I've been, th- there's so many different angles that I've been, I've been kind of playing with and thinking about w- in the wake of this accent accident. Um, and I'll be careful. I'll be really careful with what I say. <laughs> I don't want to get sued, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh I, I don't think, I think people know that I'm not the biggest fan of, of, uh, sky combat ace in, in Las Vegas and, and like the thrill ride type of, um, um, operations and outfits, uh, to which Scott had worked at for many years. Um, and I'm not, yeah. I'm not, this is not my place to tie the two together and, and blame, uh, sky combat ace for this. Cause, um, you know, I, I won't, but when, when you don't have, when you have the, the, the pilots that are in command of the airplane are not, um, they're not in a training environment. They're in a thrill environment. I, I just wonder if that changes your lens of safety, or at least at least your threshold, because uh, you're not thinking the same way, right? And it's, again, I'm no. not not blaming Sky Combat Ace. I'm 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 more of thinking of of it, you know, hey, thrill thrill rides and ride um, outfits have their place, right? And I do rides, yeah. um, but it's always with the lens uh, through instruction. I mean, it's, I'm never not teaching, even when somebody has no flight time. I'm 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 teaching, and I'm and I'm thinking through that same level of safety. It's it's not a um, you know, V and E on the deck, carving through canyons, smoke on that kind of thrill ride. I mean, somebody that has never flown in an aerobatic airplane or never flown in an airplane period is going to have the time of their life at 6,000 feet doing pretty basic aerobatics. I promise you. Um, and, and if they're like, I want more, I want more, then you can ratchet it up a little bit, but it doesn't matter. You don't have to be low to do that. You know, it's not more thrilling typically for somebody uh, to be at a thousand feet versus 5,000 feet. Um, So I always kind of keep that lens as an instructor of, of safety, right. A margin. And I'm, I'm just wondering if it, when you build packages that are, that are designed uh, cause they do, they have, they, you know, sky comedies um, and other places have, you know, um, like mountain and formation aerobatics and dogfighting, right? Like the dogfighting is a big one um, because it, it kind of, it, you know, I don't know, like how high do you go? Like, do you keep, pushing the deck a little bit and um, to make it more thrilling. So people see the ground moving fast and then you kind of get desensitized to the, the, the altitude buffer that you're used to. And I don't know, I, you know, um, 
we used to have a ton of aerobatic flight schools in this country. And, and I think I would love to talk to, you know, Rob would be a good person to talk to you about this. Cause um, you know, he worked for Mike, Mike had a, uh, had a school back in the day. Um, but like the Chapman's and the Chambliss's, uh, you know, of yesteryear, obviously they're all very safe pilots now. Um, and they take things very low in a safe manner uh, at air shows, but they all rose through the ranks of the IAC. Um, I'm sure all of them have scared the living shit out of themselves once or twice or 10 times in their careers, right? I know Sean Tucker almost died uh, doing aerobatics and then he got instruction uh, after, <laughs> you know, so yeah. people learn and 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 make mistakes in different ways. And it's like, you know, um, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger, unfortunately. And, and you know, you, you learn from mistakes and you scare, you scare yourself a little bit. Um, you know, we've all done things in airplanes and aerobatic airplanes that have made our, our assholes pucker. I, I'd be lying if I said I hadn't done stuff that I'm like, Ooh, okay. I'm not going to do that again, or yeah. I'm going to wait to do that. Um, but <laughs> what I, I wonder if there's going to be, you know, if we're going to see like a, in this slice of, of aerobatics, you know, maybe a difference in the level of safety or the level of learning or the level of proficiency of, of being low or, um, failure modes of, of maneuvers, because what we're seeing too, uh, this is, this is why I say I could take this in so many different angles is, you know, the type of airplanes we're flying, right. Um, the, the, the foundation, the, the, the airplanes that are teaching us fundamentals, uh, I think people are buying those airplanes less and less. I think the the performance, uh, you know, the median performance of airplanes is, is, is ratcheted up. I think, yeah. Um, people I love the ar- don't you love the arguments too? Where it's like you, you just can't talk to people because they're like, yeah, you know, we could do. I could still get an extra and not have to, you know, J- a cub or the gasoline. Like I, I'll just pull the power back in the extra. It's like it doesn't. It, it, you have five times the amount of control surface. Yeah, an extra. Yeah. It makes no difference. Like no. you're not going to get. You're not going to get feel. It, it's never going to happen. You're not going to. You're not going to get. <laughs> you're not going to build feel in an extra. You know, it's just not the same thing, and it, it hits a little bit different. You know, and yeah. um, I think people are spending less time in these in these airplanes, unfortunately, because that we see it in competition too. Look at every person that's gone straight to a monoplane and I see as soon as it gets too advanced and it gets really difficult where you got to start flying with a little bit of feel and energy and, and making things work. Right. Like it's just, it's burnout, just burnout because it gets really yeah. hard and it, it wouldn't hard. be that hard if, if, you know, grassroots or whatever. Oh gosh, I can't believe I said that. Sorry. If, um, grassroots <laughs> almost said it again. If uh, you had a lot of time in like a cub or a super D, I just, I don't know how to explain it right. And I could be, listen, I, I could be wrong. I mean, you could say like, you know, all the, well, the French all start in cap 10 or whatever that other airplane is, you know? So there's that. Like, I don't think any of the military went straight to the SC. I think most of those guys um, had their beginning stages in the cap 10. Well, and I also wonder like, you know, um, this is kind of like a silly um, counter. Again, they're flying three think- times a day, seven days a week and limited budget. Like, obviously they're going to be great, but that's right. Just- it's a little different than what I'm talking well, about. Well, but but also like you know how how important is feel? You know, um, I I think it's important, but do they think it's important? And does is the sport, um, does the sport uh, necessitate feel, um, or is it going to necessitate feel like it did need to necess- necessitate feel? Like I feel like in a pits. You know, like I, you could feel everything in the pits. There's nothing that that airplane does that you don't feel. And and you can feel every little, every little part of that airplane. 
And it it was a honestly it was a shock. Um, it's it's a little unnerving to go to an extra and you're like, oh, this is this is really weird. You know, there's a lot of things you can't feel in that airplane, and and it doesn't center. Um, but at least it had the stability. You know, um, and I, that's yeah. another thing I'm I'm kind of worried about is, um, you know, with the 300L, the 300 and the 300L um, having such a great, um, you know, portion of our aerobatic history in the in the place of uh, you know two seat you know unlimited monoplanes right such a great rain and it was such a golden era uh, type of of airplane uh, in so many ways it really opened up the training envelope it opened up the flight envelope and and they were hugely popular um all extras from to my knowledge i mean at least all the ones that i've flown and um um, there's people out there that have flown more than I have more type extra types than I have, but, um, yeah. they're, they're extremely stable for how capable they are in aerobatics. They really are very, very safe airplanes. And I, there was a, a, a long reign of, of safety, right. And, and in numbers, I mean, for the amount of airplanes, the amount of extras that are in this country or around the world, they're an extremely safe airplane. Uh, from a from an accident percentage standpoint and now as we see uh again this isn't to say that game birds are 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 less safe or that the xa is less safe but those airplanes are inherently less stable i think everybody would agree with that or at least in some regimes right you know with with the pitch um there's some limitation on the game bird right of like you don't want to get slower um than a certain speed because of elevator effectiveness on landing um yeah i don't know if i really agree with that I've heard that Dick but... snatch or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like just hear the stuff, <laughs> um, stuff it's like just that. a more unstable airplane and like, yeah, you know, it's, but you which know, is less... better for aerobatics, by the way, you know, like I think the yeah. space that we're in now in 2023, 2024 coming up, um, it, you know, the more unstable, the, the more FCG, the more higher control surface, the, or, or uh, the more, um, sorry, the, the larger control surface, the more performance. I mean, that's going to make a better aerobatic airplane. You know, you can't argue yeah. that the MXS is, the the pinnacle of of unlimited aerobatics right now and that's not an inherently uh stable airplane by i think by comparison right and so what does this lead to in the future right of uh, you know you got the the xa is a, an old airplane that's not being produced anymore but uh the gamer is being produced the mx is being produced and yep. um you know i think in the future we're going to probably see you know i don't know anything about the sx but I would imagine that it's probably got the same extra, uh, you know, beautiful flying characteristics and stability. I don't know how they do it. I really don't know how Walter actually did it. You know, to have an airplane that you can trust like that um, <laughs> and 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 have it be so reliable in every flight regime. Yeah, okay, you can get into inadvertent spins if you really botch a maneuver. But it's it's such a stable airplane. You can ask a lot of an extra. You know, and it, it'll give it to you. You gotta, you gotta reliably. work to get yourself really. I mean, and you gotta keep yes. working to keep it fucked up. Like <laughs> you have to, you have to really force it to. To I mean, I remember in the pits. I, I think I've to- told this on the podcast a few times, but um, I would um, we would do hammer spins uh, when I would do a pits checkout for somebody. We we would get into hammer spins, and it was like clockwork. I mean, it was just so easy. I'd tell them to do a normal spin. I'm sorry, a normal hammerhead, right? And then I would just, I would just, I would keep the left rudder in. And then push forward on the stick while they were flying, right? To to screw them up, and it would get yeah. into an inadvertent spin a hundred percent of the time. Every <laughs> time it was like it was it was 
it was so easy. And of course they're shocked because they thought they were just doing a normal hammerhead. And it's like that. I want to get that startle factor and actually have them see what it feels like to enter an inadvertent spin at full power. It just, it's violent, you know, in comparison to a, a, just a, um, a forced controlled entry into a spin. Um, but the extra, like, it's really hard to get it to do it. It's really hard, you know? And if you, if you you have to work at it, you have to work at it. And if you let go of the stick or pull the power back, it, it ends immediately, you know? Whereas I think a lot of these other airplanes, they, they, they don't behave like that. And I wonder with a lack of foundation, a lack of, of, um, you know, recovery, my, you know, maybe less of a recovery mindset or lack of recovery foundation, like what that's going to look like. And I'm, and again, this isn't to say that, that Stan or, or Scott didn't have that foundation, but you know, when you read that, um, it's so frustrating to a lot of us, I think, um, because there were so many, there were so many, it was just so easy. It was just such an, um, a needless, uh, and unnecessary accident. You know, um, you could change just a couple of things in, in that scenario and, uh, the outcome would have been way different. Um, so it, it's, but that's how we learn, you know, we, we learn from other people's mistakes and, and hopefully yeah, there's people out there that can, that can look at that, um, accident and, um, and learn from it. And it, it just also made me kind of wonder, you know, do we talk about lowering the deck enough and, and, and what that means? I think in, in IAC, it kind of just goes without saying, right. Cause you, you compete in a category and and then the next category, you just compete a little bit lower. And I, do you place much emphasis on the thought of lowering the box, the floor, uh, each time you go up in a category? I mean, is that is that emphasized at all? I mean, unlimited it probably is, but no. When I go up a category, I raise the floor until I start knowing the figures better, and then lower the floor. So it's actually a raise for me. Is that is that common? Do you think amongst? I don't know. I think it's a smart thing to do. Um, and, and it makes sense of as far as safety goes, right? Um, yeah. So, you know, until you like unlimited, I raised the floor up to a uh, thousand feet um, and never, ever went below it. No matter what, that was my gate. Yeah. And, um, you know, but at the end of the a flying advance, you know, it was everything was, you know, presentation to the deck where it needed to be, you know, not not to the actual floor, but, you know, like 150 feet above 666 or whatever. But. You know, I had no, I could have easily went lower if I wanted to. It still been safe because it just wasn't a bit, you know, that big of a deal because I knew all the figures and I was safe about it. But um, I'm trying to explain it without sounding like a dick. Um, but with Unlimited, you know, there's some, it is a real, you know, hard category as far as getting your, it can get yourself, you can get yourself a lot of trouble really quick with all the down figures and the down rotations and, yeah, now you have spins with rotations on, you know, after the spin. So you're eating up a ton of altitude there, um, you know, and, and already, like, once you get good at unlimited, you got to be in front of the judges. So that means being lower, but that also means starting figures lower. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so altitude is always going to be a friend. Um, and you're, se- you're sending energy um, down more it seems yeah. like you know those like those downward figures like down 45s or, or on the down line like you know <laughs> outside flicks going towards the ground you know what i mean <laughs> yeah like it's yeah you're just it's 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 a whole other it's a whole other ball game 
yeah, you're just eating up a ton of altitude all the time. And, yeah. you know, with advanced, you know, the SC, I've always said it, it's a, it's a, you're cheating with that airplane in advance, you know, compared to, you know, other airplanes flying in the same category. You just, there's, if anybody has altitude issues with an SC in advance, I'd love to see that sequence. <laughs> Unless it's like some <laughs> ridiculously stupid drum sequence, but um, there's no reason to have ever, to ever had, have an altitude energy issue with the 330 SC in advance. It's just, yeah. I don't know. I just find that extremely hard to believe. Um, so, um, yeah, you, you got at limited, just, you know, you can't get away with certain things that you were able to get away with in advance as far as energy with, with having that, that type of equipment. I think an MXS though is, <laughs> is, it's pretty cool to have an unlimited because that thing is just a rocket ship. Um, Same. But, um, but yeah, at the end of the day, obviously it's the pilot, you know, you can stick any of these unlimited guys like, you know, Holland, Burr, Goody, Burr, you can stick them in anything and they're going to fly really well. Yeah. Um, it's, but they, they got so much experience and so much experience in different airplanes and so much experience with different coaches, like, and they're all like nationals or at a local competition and they're all willing to talk to anybody who walks up to them. So that's why, like we said just you don't have to fly a competition just go to go to one and it's basically spend free, time with them yeah free advice yeah no i i love i love um just yeah just being in the same room when they're talking i mean i we, we we've talked about this on the podcast a couple times i'll never forget after we stopped recording with mikey g and rob and like the 10 minutes of them talking after the podcast, I was, I was like so mad that as soon as we stopped that <laughs> like Rob just like asked Mike something and it was just a, it was so fun to listen to them talk about oh, was that with like the blue about. angels and stuff like yeah, that. Like, like flying formation <laughs> with the blue angels and like, Oh yeah. What do you do? Like, Oh, like, yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> oh, just like little, yeah. Like what is your prop at or what? Yeah, like, That's I don't the know, closest we'll ever get to being that cool. <laughs> No, it was was freaking awesome. And the way they were talking about it, it was like, you know, asking somebody what, what route they take to freaking the store. What'd you get on the Applebee's menu? Yeah. Like, (laughs) what'd you eat last week? That's literally like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. They liked it. Yeah. The boss sucks it in tight. You know, it's cool. Yeah. He's, he's getting real good. You're just like, what? Like, what what do you get? This is, this is insane. No, it's blowing my mind. Um, and it's, it's that kind of stuff all the time. I mean, Listening to um, Mikey G and, and and Mr. Martin talk about, you know, like how they how they how they gauged wind. You know, when they were going to fly uh, uh, yeah. a competition, it's like it's Next just that level. kind of stuff, just Next that kind level. of stuff. And it's it seems so stupid to them. They ju- they're just talking. But like for everybody else, it's like, keep going. Keep don't stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's fucking nuts. It's crazy. crazy. Yeah. 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 Well, it's December. Um, we're getting close to the end, dude. We're getting getting close to the end of 2023. I can't believe it. We have. Um, I got. Let me pull up the deets again for uh, for Nate. Nate messaged me. I'm gonna get uh, get the info out for Sebring because uh, that's yeah. I think the last contest. I feel of the like year, that right? just comes so fast every year. It's like Christmas. It's like, oh man. It's I. It's another one. Uh, yeah. I, I made the, the comment to you before we started recording. It's like, yeah, uh, he, he messages me every year. Uh, like, Hey, can you, can you just throw this up on the podcast? And, um, it's like another, another message of, Hey, can you throw this up on the podcast? It's kind of crazy. 
Um, we should think we should try uh, for for our last episode in December, maybe like a year in review, like maybe take a look back at, at some things that happened this year and, and talk about it. I think that'd be kind of fun. Maybe get a guest on nice. to talk about it year in review. Um, uh, I don't know. If, I, I don't know if we can get Mikey G back on. Uh, that'd be fun. But get somebody on to kind of talk a year in review. Be fun. Yeah. Um, we'll have to think about that. And then we got, we've been, uh, I've been rifling through the intern messages. <laughs> yes, guys, <laughs> uh, we got your messages. Yep. Um, thank you so much. Uh, continue to shoot us emails. Uh, we are reach seriously out interested. You. Yeah, no, uh, this, we're going to make this happen. Um, we'll probably we're thinking, do a focus on it. Yeah. Everybody gets an episode as like an interview and then we let the people speak. But yeah. it doesn't. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. So um, we'll get it happen. We'll we'll make it happen. Yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll get it going here pretty soon. Um, all right, guys. Eighty sixth, eighty sixth Sebring Aerobatic Championship is next week. Uh, practice is open from December uh, five and six. Looks like zero eight hundred to uh, sixteen hundred local. Uh, provided we have at least two box monitors at all times. So uh, hopefully that you guys have that. Uh, you must review and sign the waiver before entering the box. Slot times will be worked out in real time. Copy of the waiver will be left at the FBO reception desk. We will begin setting up tents and judging stations first thing in the morning of the 6th. IEC pre-registration webpage has a major bug with their, um, which their team is diligently attempting to fix, according to Nathan. Okay. Uh, start the mm-hmm. registration process at the FBO starting noon on the 6th. Contest briefing is 1100 on the 7th at the judges station. Okay. Plan start time of 12 noon. Please have your tech inspection paperwork organized ready upon arrival. The seven Sebring Raceway Hotel still has one IAC 23 block rate room left. Probably gone by now. Uh, this was um, sent yesterday. But call the hotel directly to make your reservation. Discounted rate. All right. Mention FCS um, for a 0% discount. Yes. Yes. Mention Fly Cool Shit. And uh, you might get on um, us. A, a special colored 1032 screw to put on your airplane. Yep. Um, somewhere. That, You're that welcome. That says Fly Cool Shit. Um yeah, uh, in microscopic lettering. Um, I've got some stuff. Uh, let's see. we Tons of Black Friday and Cyber Monday stuff going on um, with uh, Lyft being one of them. And I just want to pull some stuff up because I know you guys love your Lyft stuff. Let's see here. Um, find it here. All right. Uh, so this sale is going on, guys, until December 3rd. Obviously, you can still use the promo code FlyCoolShit for 25% off most items, but there's still some additional items. And I'm not sure um, if, if you can compound um, the coupon code with the sales, but try it. You never know. Uh, free shipping on orders over a hundred bucks, 20% off helmet shells and shroud. Okay. So that's something that uh, the Fleckle shit uh, promo code does not cover was helmets. So 20% off helmet shells till the third, uh, 50% off selected items. Alternate colorways are all $69 uh, pilot shirts. Discounted flux flight cap, 32 bucks. Kneeboard, 25 bucks. Sunglasses, 99 bucks. Socks, two bucks. They have socks. I just found this out. I'm gonna that's a real problem. I gotta order some socks. I like I like socks. Um nice. and lift mug, 10 bucks. But yeah, good items till the third. Lots of yeah. stuff on sale. Uh go buy some stuff. And if you guys are gonna be at end triple A. Lyft will be there fourth through the sixth at uh, booth four sixty two. So go check them out. Go say hi. Tell them you love fly cool shit. Maybe they'll hand you like a, I don't know, a Lyft sticker, or just tell you to get the hell out of here. Like get out of here. <laughs> no, Braden's awesome. Not yeah, Braden. yeah, 
Yeah, shout out to Lyft. Love you guys. Um, in fact, I'm wearing my Lyft shirt right now. My comfy Lyft shirt in my in, on this cold December 1st morning in California. Yeah, I've been wearing the Lyft shoes, and I don't know if they changed something or if I just had... Maybe I ordered a half a size down, and I am changing to... I, not just saying it. I think I'm going to change back to the Lyft shoes. Are you? We should talk yeah. about that next one. Yeah, because I I've, I've yeah, had exactly. to order um, a half size up on the Lyft shoes, too. Um, but I... Dude, I've been loving it. That's all, that's all I've been flying with. I freaking, man, I freaking love the Ultranets, dude. I really do. It's, it's, you know, I love the helmets too. Um, but I think the the shoes are probably my favorite item from Lyft. Yeah, I think they're, they're not even broken in yet. So I'm excited. I love them. In fact, I, I, you know, I got to talk to Braden. I kind of want to do a fly cool shit colorway. I, I think we deserve a fly cool shit colorway for Lyft shoes. What would you do? I don't know. Definitely gold. Sometimes I like gold trim. That'd be kind of cool. Honestly, like how dude, like, what, like, very subtle. Do gold, like gold stitching or something, yeah. you know? Yes. yes. Um, we should, we should, we should work on this. Yeah. We should work on this. <laughs> or like the 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 original logo, uh, like the the color for Fleckel shit. Like we do like a gray shoe with like orange stitching. You know, and then it says lift in white or something. I'm thinking, like, you ever know. see the new Nikes out there or the Adidas? Like, just copy something out there because they got some sick color schemes that you wouldn't think go together, but go together. Like yeah. Highlighter, orangey. It sounds yeah, stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Maybe we can even mix in our plain colors, like our green and reds. Yeah. Do some do something like that and then get the flight cool shape. It, it might FCS be too Christmassy. Like on the tongue. We'll figure it out, though. We could do uh, We could do highlighter orange and gray. Yeah. Oh, I, like, I like orange and gray. Yeah. Like, yeah, we, dude, we should try to do that. That'd be sick. Yeah. That would be cool. Get our own, our own shoe, put FCS logo on the tongue, lift on the side. It'd be sick. Yeah. Braden, if you're listening in the back, let's do it. Yes. Like something real subtle somewhere. Like, like, like <laughs> a middle finger under the, uh, like the removable sole inside. Like somebody can yeah. put insoles yeah. in. Like, that would be awesome. Middle finger. In there? <laughs> I would buy it just on, th- on that. I would honestly be a buyer of that. Yeah, yeah, we we dude, we, okay, we should make that happen because yeah, uh, exactly. that would be really fun. Twenty twenty four is going to be the year of us getting shit up. <laughs> yes, and we say that every year, but no, we mean it this year. We mean it. This we year. actually <laughs> we actually mean it this year. Um, oh my god! Yeah, we're we're That's gonna funny. get it done. But uh, all right, guys, let's uh, we'll call this one. We'll uh, we'll talk to you all next week. I think. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fly Cool Shit. Be sure to check out our website at www.flycoolshit.com. Subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes and Spotify. Any questions, comments, or feedback, shoot us an email at flycoolshit at gmail.com. 